Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Fitness Boot Camp Inner Circle Podcast with Georgette Pan and Jesse Stoddard. Well, we're back again. This is uh, Jesse here, excited to, for another episode of the Fitness Boot Camp Inner Circle. And uh, man, we've gone over a lot in the last few uh, the last few months. Jeez, uh, we're like on episode 21, and uh, definitely have seen a, a lot of um, really great guests here. And um, today we're going to have a special guest on the line. Uh, Tyler Bramlett. Tyler, can you hear me right now? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Sorry about the uh, technical difficulties earlier. We were a total disaster there for a couple minutes, but uh, we're uh, <laughs> it we're back. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, hey, I'm really excited. Uh, this is actually the first time we've got a chance to meet, and um, other than email. Um, but I've I've seen a lot and heard a lot of good things about you, and I'm I'm first of all just thankful to have you on and. Um, yeah, I'm glad you were able to make it. Yeah, I'm grateful you guys asked me to be on your show, so hopefully we can give the listeners some good information today. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I appreciate you saying that, because <laughs> that's why we're here. We're, In fact, I was just um, a couple episodes ago, I was talking to Georgette. We give more free content on this podcast than most people charge for in terms of um, good advice for trainers and fitness enthusiasts that are you know, involved in boot camps and group personal training. I mean, I, I remember paying a consultant about $4,000 for a couple of phone calls, and I think we do about 10 times that amount of information for free every week here. So it is it is kind yeah. of fun. It's, 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 been, it's been great. So um, uh, instead of me rattling on for a while, why don't we, if you don't mind, um, let everybody know who you are. I, I would love to get a little background information on, on you and your you know, where where you came from, like how you got into the whole fitness world, and a little bit of your story. Everybody loves hearing that, you know, so a little bit of your story would sure. be great, and then let us know what you're doing now. Yeah, sure. I'll give you the 50,000-mile view, who I am and what I'm hoping to teach you. Um, so basically, my name's Tyler Bramlett, also known as The Garage Warrior. I run a website called garagewarrior.com, and we have several really, really popular products that we sell through that website, kind of teaching my philosophy about how to look, feel, and perform your best. But I did not start out a healthy life. I was a, quite an unhealthy kid. I always joke with people that my parents thought that diet soda was a health food, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this call can think of the same thing, how uh, you know we're just kind of misled for a long time, and once you start realizing the truth about this stuff, you start realizing, hey, I need to change my life, and when you change your life, you want to change other people's lives, and that's how I got into doing uh, personal training, eventually owning, uh, and then eventually selling four boot camps, and then running a very uh, successful online business as well, um, was just starting with myself, you know, just starting to figure out what the actual... Uh, true principles were for body transformation and putting them into action, uh, changing my body, changing my life, and then helping others do the same thing. So I've been at it for almost a decade now, and um, 
just keep uh, keep trying to build it bigger and bigger and send more people down the pipeline so they can hear my message and, and teach them how to do the best they can, right? That is awesome. Hey, Georgia, oh. we've got you on the line too now, right? Yeah, we're barely in here. <laughs> all right, we I are know. in here, though. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all here. We're, I don't know how good we all are, but we're all here. I heard... Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, oh. well... Yeah, we've we haven't had a technical glitch yet, so there was a first time for anything, and we just had okay. that. So, but we're all here. And uh, yep. if you're listening to this, and you, it might be weeks from now when you're hearing it, you you, you know you don't know the difference. So uh, here we are anyway, right? Uh, Tyler, that's awesome stuff. I'm curious. Um, I'm really curious always to hear like to figure out what makes people tick, and I I'd like to know more about that. Tr- you went over it really quick. I would love to hear more about that transition. You know how you became a trainer, and then. You said you had four boot camps and you sold that. I would love to hear just a little bit more about that story. How did you end up? Why did you end up doing that? Why did and how did you right. end up with that? And what kind of transpired <laughs> yeah. in, in those years? Sure. Well, like you know, like I said, I wasn't in very good shape when I was younger, and I started doing things for myself to just kind of transform my body and my life. And uh, and as I saw the results happen in my own life, um, I had the desire to a learn more, which always motivates you to teach more. Because one of my philosophies is the best way to learn is through teaching. And trust me, if you start teaching people stuff, you are forced to either learn the intricacies of how it works, or pretty much fail at it. <laughs> so so I wanted to start teaching people doing this stuff. Um, I was working full time as a construction worker, doing a lot of exercise, and I decided I want to start doing some personal training. So I, my wife was actually working at a local gym facility, and she was running the child care program. And so I, I kind of introduced myself to the people over there and started kind of offering my training services through there. Before long, I had a couple clients. And then a big game-changing moment happened when I got laid off from my job, right? And, you know, the recession hit, and now I'm, all of a sudden I'm sitting down going, like, you know, my day job, my construction work job – it was no longer there. What am I going to do? And I'll never forget my wife sitting me down and saying, this is the best thing that ever happened to you. You're way smarter than that job. Go out and do this training thing, you know, figure it out. And so, you know, I, I remember those words every time I hit an obstacle. I, I just think about, you know, hey, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. And I just keep pushing forward. And so um, a great opportunity happened to me a few months after that, which is the guy who was running a cross-training program at their facilities uh, basically up and quit and went off to do his own thing. And I approached the owner and said, hey, listen, I'd like to start a uh, cross-training program at your gym, like a boot camp style program, and I'd like to become partners in it. And he's like, what? And he likes, nobody's ever approached him before. They're always asking him for like a paycheck, right? And I said, here's the deal. All I need is your room these hours, and I will cut you a check for X percentage. And we shook hands on it, and it was on me to find all the people and get them signed up, and his job was just to rent me the damn room for a percentage, right? And um, Hmm. I'll never forget working as hard as I did then, which was creating the program, finding some trainers to come work with me, teaching them my philosophy, um, you know, setting up the marketing, all of that stuff. And then we launched the program at this first, first location, and we, uh, you know, we got 20 or 30 people signed up the first day. And next thing you know, in the first few months, we had like 50 or 60 people signed up. And I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is growing really fast. And he actually had four different facilities in the area. So I said, hey, would you like to partner with all of your facilities? And we'll gradually open up a boot camp program each one and we'll just repeat the process and so we did that over the course of about six months six more months and so a year into the program we had four locations and nearly 300 members and we were doing many times over six figures multiple six figures at that point and 
I loved it, and I really had a great time doing that, and we ran transformation challenges every three months, and we got tons of amazing results within the local community um, using the systems that I designed, and eventually we, I had 16 trainers uh, working with me as well um, and uh, running the programs, and I was basically running the sales and the business side of things. Um, the, the challenge was, and I'll be totally honest with you guys, that I have a new age vision of the way marketing should work, and that is um, how do I create this system to work as effectively as possible without me being here. And my business partner, the uh, owner of the gym chain, had an old school marketing philosophy, which was, hey, show up, be there all the time, work as much as you possibly can, and if you're not here, you're not making money. And those uh, conflicting viewpoints eventually uh, put us in some kind of weird positions as far as which, where I wanted to take the direction of the business and where he thought the direction of the business should go. And so at some point, I was like, this is not going to work forever. And I started an online community because I was like, I've got to get into this online space. I see how much leverage these people have. I can take everything that I've done within these boot camp programs that I've tested and proven works within these clients, and I could take them and put them online, which is exactly what I did. And you know, before long, that was a whole separate business that was doing pretty well. And then I had to make a very challenging transition, which was say goodbye to a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and sell this business to my partner for an excellent uh, rate. I mean, the challenging part was it's like we weren't, uh, we weren't 50-50 partners like as far as location everything goes. He owned the locations, and he I technically owned the traffic. I just had the systems built into place. So we did negotiate a deal. I did make a good amount of money walking away from it. But ultimately what happened was is he took it did what he wanted to do with it, and I watched him make less and less money every year with his ideas and ignore the systems that I put into place. So that's a lesson for you guys who are out there thinking about partnerships and everything like that. It's, you really got to make sure you're on the exact same page with somebody, that they enhance your weaknesses and they enhance your strengths. Or Sorry, they don't enhance your weaknesses. They uh, complement your weaknesses and they enhance your strengths because uh, it can be very challenging. I've been in a few partnerships that went bad, and I've been in a few partnerships that went good, and great ones are great and bad ones are bad, so watch out for that. Well, we couldn't That's, have that uh, thing than that. We've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, I, take a chance. And it worked for the time being, and, you know, it did its, It did what it did. It did its... Exactly. I mean, we were able to help over 500 people lose a significant amount of weight. I think we were, like, at nearly 10,000 pounds across all the, the customers we had run through there. I mean, it was just... It was wonderful, the transformations we got, um, and the ability to leverage a local gym and right. their traffic and their facility. I mean, if you guys are just – if you're listening to this call and you don't have a facility, you don't have any equipment, you don't have any traffic, you don't have any people, like, I cannot recommend that enough to approach your local gyms and say, hey, can I run a program out of here? I'll give you X percentage, you know, lowball it, 25% or something, to uh, – to run this facility and all I ask for is uh, this room these hours and access to promote to your customers within the facility and if you can get a hold of their email list even better and you know I mean from there it's like I mean you got a six figure business in like 30 days at that point if they have multiple locations yeah Um, it is uh, that could go either way like you said you happen to get lucky with that one you know because in some cases we've been finding out right Jesse could agree uh confirm this, that some places see what you have doing and they go, oh, I think I could do that on my own. <laughs> yeah. Don't need you. And, um, you know, hence the negotiations <laughs> go south pretty fast. But that's okay. The sooner they go south, the better. But, you know, like I said, 
you got lucky with that, and you know he didn't he didn't want any part of running his own boot camp or right right start speaking over and learning. But we did have a few right Jesse with our uh, oh yeah and coach clients that um, that had happened to. But sure, in a gym set situation, that might not necessarily be the case because so much going on in a in a gym right. as opposed to a studio. Right. <laughs> But, um, so, yeah, Tyler, um, what was the impetus behind Garage Warrior? Tell us a little bit about that. How did that evolve from, you know, I can imagine you, okay, first you lose your construction job and you end up having to get into fitness. And that's a, by the way, that's a, uh, <laughs> that's a story I've heard before too. And then, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know, trying to get in and being forced into a, a, a new, um, a whole new way of thinking and, and also a new career path. And then from there, ending up selling this, you know, interest in this company. And I can just imagine, like, there's got to be a, a moment there where you're sitting there going, what do I do now? Or, I, you know, or did you already know? Like, did you have a vision right away? Or were, no, were I mean, you we, lost it all for a while? Or how'd that go? We knew that, I knew that the, the online thing was, was my, my true passion. Um, I think the huge part of it was because I like the mobility of being able to move around and travel and go to wherever I want, do whatever I want, and not have to. Like one of the things that really hurt me about the, the actually running boot camps was waking up at 5.30 a.m. and running the boot camps when somebody would call in sick or something like that. You know? I just I couldn't yeah. stand that. You know, I was like, I don't, I don't want people to jump in and like jack up my schedule like that. It drives me crazy. So <laughs> that was one of the downsides to running a facility and having you know 16 people in four locations and hundreds of members was the having to pick up the pieces if they all fell down, right? And um, not that you don't have, you know, your equal struggles when you're running an online business, but, you know, I sold the boot camp business because the online business had already achieved, like, a six, over a six-figure pace. So right. we knew that there was a business there. I knew I, it's not like I could sell the business and I'm not going to survive anymore. Um, that being said, like, I'll tell people straight up, like, starting an online business while running a boot camp, like, you better have your boot camp dialed because I thought online business was going to be like, you know, oh, I'll just work two hours a day on this yeah. thing and we'll build it up. And next thing you know, I'm working, like, 18 hours a day on the <laughs> online business and then still trying to squeeze in, like, 10 or 20 hours a week on the boot camp business just to keep it running. And uh, it's just a, it's a, it's a different animal than a boot camp because the 9 to 5, or I guess with Trainer's World, it's more like 6 to 9. But anyways, at least in Trainer World, there's a time when people stop calling you about training and go to bed. And in the online world, it just never stops. It never, ever, ever stops. But I could see the potential there. I could see that what I had to offer with regard to teaching people very specific routines that involve progressive movement and uh, lifestyle habits uh, change. I could see that that was so powerful that I really wanted to go forward with it. And, you know, at the time, I think we had, like, uh, the time I sold the boot camp, I think we had about 6,000 people, four, four, five or 6,000 people in my online community. And today we have nearly 40. So, I mean, we're talking about nearly okay. a 10x increase. And that was literally, like, you know, a year and some change ago. So once I went full-time online, it was just like, I just, I, I cannot, I cannot say how much I love this enough. It's just so powerful to be able to take your ideas and put them out there and turn them into uh, an entire online following community and a great living at the same time. Right, right. It is tough, though. I mean, I'm glad you, you know, put in the, the reality 
<laughs> oh, you know what? Yeah, that's the thing is people always talk about it. They're like, oh, yeah, look at these guys, like the Tim Ferriss four-hour work week, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's great, and I know guys how, who have made it to the top and who work significantly less now because they can afford to hire people to do all the shit that you have to do when you're doing it by yourself. But well, the reality is, like, the reason why most people don't make it in the online world is because they're not willing to make the sacrifices it takes to succeed in the online world. It's the same exact reason why most people don't make it as personal trainers, as boot camp owners, because yeah. they're not willing to put in the ungodly amount of hours it takes to get a business off the ground. And like right. you guys have done it, I've done it, I've done it several times now, it takes an ungodly amount of work and it takes sacrifice for your family and your friends and money and things like that that is, is really painful. But the reality is, on the other side of that, is financial freedom is the ability to do what you want with your time, is the freedom to go take vacations, to buy a nice car, to live in a nice house, to do things for your family, to do things for your friend, to give back, to donate, to do things with foundations, right? So I think that, that people re- need to realize, like, yes, it's hard as hell. You might have to work hard as hell for a year to get your boot camp off the ground, but year two is going to be a little bit easier. Year three is going to be a little bit easier than that. And over time, if you're smart and you structure your business intelligently, you know, two, three, four, five years down the road, you're going to be working significantly less and making significantly more. But it's the sacrifices now you have to put into it in order to see those results. You know, I, I feel like it's that same way with everything. Look at body transformation, right? right. It's so hard for people to get started right. consistently exercising, consistently eating right. But after a while, like, I look at my worst diet weeks, and they're still pretty good. You know right. what I mean? They're not people, that bad because we built that habit. We built that, that foundation and everything, and, and most people don't, and they're just lazy. They don't want to push forward, and, you know, that sucks, and that's fine. If you want to do that, go get a job at a gym and be a personal trainer and work for the gym and stuff like that. But if you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to start a business, you know, just grab the bull by the horns and go for it. Give yourself 12 months of all-in effort and just give it all you got, and I guarantee at the end of those 12 months you're going to have a great time. Right. And, you know, what's funny about the – you mentioned the four-hour work week. I think right. I had four hours of sleep last week because <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize, you know, I, you know, and I'm launching not to like your your level of launches where you know you could have a million people. I have even, you know, uh, personal trainers as the niche, which is very tight and small. Right. And still, when you're going for five hundred plus to a thousand sales. You are up all night because, you know, you're just doing things. So, uh, you know what I mean? You, I'm very self, very, very conscious of customer service, and you know, want to, you know, I want to make sure everything is. And besides, if I don't do the work, it, you know, uh, then I'll be doing it later, only seven times the amount. So. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. We had somewhere in the neighborhood of um, eight thousand emails come in during the course of our recent launch. And I mean that is just—it was just ungodly <laughs> volume we were digging through. But I mean, like you said, that's what you got to do, right? And then, and ultimately, like when we're talking about product launches, you're talking yeah. about like a two or three week period of time where you just have to hit the grindstone, go all in. But the rewards can be otherworldly. Like we grossed over a quarter million dollars for our last launch for CT50, and we've gotten about 14,800 customers from that. And, you know, we, we have our big email list, and so we can, we can uh, drive those people to other offers and things like that that we believe in, and we can right. monetize that list on the back end. So, like, the, the value of that is just, is just tremendous, of, of doing a launch, 
putting in this ungodly amount of work that most people don't do. And I mean, the reality is people, some people try doing launches and they fail at it and they sell a couple hundred right. and then people pull out because they're like, you know, this just isn't working, which is why you got to know your game. You know, with, if you're in a boot camp, if you're a personal trainer, you got to understand the game. And to me, when I look at business as a whole, what is the game? The game is really simple. It's how many people can you get to see your offer and how many of the people who see your offer can you get to take it, right? right. right. That's it. Right? Yeah. It comes down to that same thing Ryan Dice says, traffic and conversion. Right? And if people will stop thinking about you know, too much about the product and too much about maybe the service or whatever, and they just try something, do something. So many people get paralysis analysis. They don't do anything because they keep thinking about it too much. But try something. Just offer it out there. And test it against something else and see what works better and pick the one that works better and then test something else and then try to figure out how to get more traffic. And as you get, keep getting more traffic, just keep testing things until it works better and better. And this applies not just in an online world where you're testing different price points on sales pages. This applies in an offline world. When I had boot camps, I was very diligent about testing who would take the most price point. What price point would the most people take, right? What, what level of commitment would most people take? Was it three months? Was it six months? Was it five months? What numbers were we looking at that, that made sense? If you have a hold on your numbers and you really get a grip on that side of your business, then you can really figure out how to scale it appropriately and build a really monstrous business, which is what I try to teach people how to do. Right, and you know, I even noticed this on uh, <clears throat> on forums, or not forums anymore, but Facebook, I guess, is what we call you know your social network. <laughs> a lot of trainers are actually looking for all the answers before they get started, as for an example, this is a small example. Workouts are a small example, but this is a small example. Um, I'm thinking of starting, I don't know, a morning boot camp. Uh, what time do you think I should start it? <laughs> now, how in the hell would I know? For first yeah, of all, I don't know where you live. What, do, what are your people? Well, <laughs> exactly. First of all, you're not even in my country. Second of all, that doesn't even matter because it wouldn't matter if you were in my next town, really, because. You're the one that needs to, you know, to either find out what your customers, clients, your demographics, what they're look, looking for, survey them, or how about just try it and try a right. camp and nobody shows up uh, for, you know, the first three months. I guess it's not a good time, right? Right. We, we can't tell you that. That's not an answer that all we could say is what well, worked for us. Did six no morning boot camps worked for me? So should I say nobody run a morning boot camp because it didn't work for me? Of course not. They work for a lot of people. Right. But, you know. So the the bottom line is we we can't give everybody those uh, little specifics. Sometimes you do have to do your own little. We try the best to eliminate trial and error, but in certain cases you have to do. Have a little of your own trial and error, or right. you know your demographics and your client. Tell totally. I, th I couldn't agree more, Georgia. I mean, I think the the reality is like you know people will ask me because I have a relatively new online business. We've been in business for just like a, two years and one month it's was when we made our first sale. Yeah, and we've done you know about a million one in sales in two That's years nuts. and one month. And people <laughs> say, "How did you do a million one in sales in two years and one month?" Right. And I say, "I just." fucking kept working. That's it. I just kept working on the things that I already described. How do I get more traffic? How do I get it to convert better? That's it. Do I create a new product and work on the sales page and then try to get the people I know to leverage their traffic my direction? Go. 
can I tr- try to buy some media from Facebook? Go. Is it working? Yes. Keep doing it. Is it working? No. Can it? Next thing, right? I, I try to visualize myself as a tank when I'm working, which, which is hard to be around, which is why I kind of isolate myself when I'm, when I'm working. I don't go hang out with my family and stuff like that, but visualize myself as a tank where I'm just blowing through things, just plowing through things over buildings. And if something gets in my way, I'm just going to knock it down. And then somebody usually comes behind me and sweeps up the mess to make sure that uh, the systems are all working appropriately. Um, but the reality is, like, the most important thing you can do is decide what it is you're trying to achieve and then just take action towards it. And if you fail, great. That's another way that doesn't work, right? And if you succeed, do it again and do it more of it and do more and more and more and more of it until you succeed to the point where you feel like you've, you've achieved your goal. Yeah, because we don't we don't want to mislead people to think that, you know, because a lot of people do come to me, especially trainers, that they want to start online businesses. And, you know, it isn't as easy as you think. You're not going to put a product out and they will come kind of deal. <laughs> it doesn't work so like true. Believe me, I've had, I've had, I have products in the marketplace that I stopped promoting that are sitting there in ClickBank that I haven't even, you know, in the consumer end and, you know, it's you have to put focus and put put the work into you know one or two. You can't be all over the map. Number one. Yeah, yeah, two, that's you big. You can't really live a pipe dream that you think you know. You, I I you put a book together and you put a sales page up and now you're going to have you know a million people when you don't even have a list or you don't have you know whatever it is in place. It takes time a little. It does take a little bit of time to be growing, you know, a list. Depending on your niche, uh, yeah. I'm in a trainer niche, which is like a whole other ball game. Believe me, but it doesn't matter because the same principle applies. I don't care if you're in the because it's an oversaturated sometimes in fitness. If you have a weight loss or a workout product, sure. And there's several others, hundreds out there. It it still takes work and takes time you're not going to day job <laughs> you're not going to quit your day job in 90 and 90% of the cases or higher right you know, yeah I, I think I, that comes down to like something that's really important that we could teach people right now which is um which is having a unique sales proposal and it right. doesn't matter if you're a personal trainer if you're a boot camp owner is trying to start a boot camp or you're trying to bring a product out there To me, the reason why most people fail with those is because they have what's called a Me Too product or service, right? And and Me Too is like, okay, I saw that P90X works by advertising high-intensity training. So in my sales copy, in my thing, I'm going to talk about high-intensity training, and I'm going to quote all the same studies as something that's already been successful. There's nothing wrong with understanding that modeling success of something is good, but there's a reason why they call it modeling and not copying. Because if you copy something word for word, people will go, oh, yeah, I already saw that. But if you model it and you realize that what you're missing is your unique sales pitch. So with boot camps, what is the unique sales pitch on your boot camp? Right? Mm-hmm. Ask yourself that question. What is it? Are you just another fat loss boot camp? Well, guess what? There's a bajillion of those out there, right? What's your unique pitch? Do you do something totally unique like, hey, you get 90 days, uh, transform your body, or I give you all your money back? Like, do you do some sort of thing? I mean, I would, I would make sales, Georgette. I would yeah. make sales sometimes where I would be like, they would be reluctant to sign up, right? I'm trying to get them signed up for like a three-month program. They're reluctant to sign up. And I look at them in the eyes and say, okay, how about this? How about you write me a check? for the full price of three months, right here, right now. And I put that check into this little slot right here, and I don't cash that check until you lose a minimum of 10 pounds, right? right. And they look at me and they go, 
oh, shit, like, if I write this check, I'm not risking anything, right? People got to realize when it comes down to sales, especially when you're face-to-face with somebody, if you lose a sale, that means you're not creative enough. Because the reality is most people who show up to talk to you about improving their body want to buy something. But if they didn't buy it, it's because you were not convincing enough to get them to try your product or service. And how often will people turn down something that is perceptively free, right? If you can switch the perception to make them feel like they're getting a free product or service and there is absolutely no risk to them, they will sign up. And I know this because I had a consistent 90% close rate for over six months. And one of those months, I had a 100% close rate with the people who walked in my door, which averaged anywhere from about 20 to 60 people per month. Right? Yeah. So we, had, we were closers. That's what we did. We'd bring them in. We would tell them how this thing works. I would educate them on how this process works, which was my unique sales proposal. And then no matter what, I'd get them to take some classes. doesn't matter if I'm holding checks and not cashing them, if I'm giving them the first month for free and then running their credit card on auto bill after that. Just trying to get them to try the damn service. Right? Because right. I knew that I had a good product, and if they tried it, they would love it. And so we just got them to do it no matter what. And I think a lot of people are afraid to sell. And I think that the number one skill missing from personal trainers, boot camp owners, and online entrepreneurs is the ability to sell people. And there's no better way to do this than learning face-to-face. Because when you learn face-to-face, you've got you to act right now on the spot. You've got to learn how to smooth talk. You've got to learn how to understand what your client is thinking. And all of those things play into being able to create better sales copy if you want to go in the online world, better advertisements if you're trying to purchase your own traffic to your boot camps or websites, and so on and so forth. Yeah, so are you talking video, online world? You mean video type of sales letter or video on your... Any of it. I can attribute attribute all my success with being able to create great sales copy to selling people one-on-one, face-to-face, and practicing the way. I didn't hear that. It's cut out. Oh, I said I'm practicing that way. So uh-huh. practicing selling people one-on-one, face-to-face. And if you're a personal trainer, boot camp owner, this well, is like this is your bread and butter right here. Selling people face-to-face, getting them to sign up, getting them to commit no matter what to trying out your program, and then delivering results so that they, they feel obligated to stay within your program. That's, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Jess, are you so, uh, with- Tyler. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tyler, um, are you happy that you listened to your wife about um, not sulking when you lost your construction job? <laughs> are you glad that you continued? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if she's happy, but I think I am. You know, I'm, I'm definitely so satisfied <laughs> with the fact that <laughs> she created a monster, didn't she? <laughs> I know. She had no idea. It's terrible. You know, we run these launches, and like, I'll, I'll also be honest with you and tell you that like, this is not always the easiest thing on your your family life when you're gone. You know the whole entire week and you know I have a little one at home and that's made it really challenging for us but I try to offset the extra work with less work times so you know one month we might be doing you know 50 60 70 800 hours a week and then the next month I'll try to scale it back to you know maybe 20 30 or so hours a week to try and make up for for lost time so but I love it I mean the reality is like I get to wake up every day and I get to do what I love which is help people improve their bodies and lives, you know. And, you know, more and more as I grow in success in this business, I get a lot more people asking me like you guys did to come in and talk about how to achieve success with business, not just uh, with body transformation, which is so great because I love doing this stuff too. So it's just fantastic. Yeah. I, I love what you said about all the hard work. 
and I love the re the real the rawness of that man. That is just that is cool. And the sales thing, you know, we haven't even we've talked a lot about marketing and a little bit about sales, but I'm really glad you brought it up on this podcast today because we haven't talked about it enough. And every time I get a coaching or consulting client, I realize that. 99% of the time, that's probably one of their biggest weaknesses. They think it's marketing, but it's actually sales or, or just sure. that kind of drive. Can you touch on that? Like, what, what is sales to you? What, how do you define it? Or how do you look at it in your business? And why is it, why is it so important? Yeah, I mean, so sales, if you look at it from a data perspective, is how many people you convert into customers, right? And so that is your gauge, essentially, on how well you are selling your product or service, right? So let's say you have 100 people come in and take you up on a free personal training session or like a lecture or something like that. You want to measure how many people did you sign up for your product or service, right? And this is the most important thing is you, if you don't have a metric to weigh against, you have no way of improving, right? It's like, it's like taking somebody into the gym and just having them do like a workout routine with random weights every time and just being like, oh, we'll just guess, right? We'll just see what happens. Well, this, this, no, nobody's going to make progress doing that, right? So the first thing you need to do is put a metric in place. What is your metric? What does that mean? So it's the conversion. It's the, the amount of people coming into your, your, uh, your tripwire, your free or your low-priced offer, and how many people you get signed up for the product or service you're intending to sign them up for. Once you have that metric in place, the thing about sales is people think it's about having some natural gift of swagger or having some ability to smooth talk your way in and out of situations. Now, I would be lying if I didn't say that I have a bit of a natural gift of smooth talking, right? But that being said, I have some friends who are not smooth talkers and are very successful at what they do because they've practiced the things that make the big difference. And the biggest thing that they practiced was creating a logical and predictable system that can repeat sales to people, right? And so what I did for my boot camps personally is I sat down and I essentially wrote a speech, a, a full-on 20-minute speech that I would give each person who walked in to do a session with me. So I'd, I'd offer up a free session, low barrier. Come and do a free session. Let me show you how you can look, feel, and perform your best with this particular style of training, right? And they show up, and I would run through my entire speech word for word almost every time. I would adapt it very slightly for each person. But the essential thing was I want them to listen to that speech. I want them to agree with me over and over again. In sales, we call this collecting yeses. So we want to collect as many yeses as we possibly can. So when it's time to say, are you ready to sign up? They've already said 40 times yes, and they're ready to say it one more, right? So the sales presentation was designed to collect yeses over and over and over and over again and get them to understand the philosophy of the program. I really did genuinely want them to understand the difference between long-duration cardio and high-intensity training, the difference between uh, our diet philosophy and, like, somebody who's just talking about calorie-counting diet philosophy and how this can affect them. And then right afterwards, I would take them through a workout show them exactly what they're going to do, show them that they can get an effective workout in less time, which was a huge part of our, um, our unique sales proposal, was you know, forget these hour-long classes, come take a 20-minute class with us, and you'll see exactly how challenging this can be. And, um, and then bring them back and sign them up, 
right? And so we had a predictable system. You, you would laugh. Literally, you could probably videotape me uh, 20 different times, and the variations would be so subtle, even in the workouts, like even every little thing. I just tried to figure out which one worked better, which exercise worked better for the intro workout that was easier for me to teach, more effective, gave them better results, made them feel good, made them not feel like a clumsy person, because we tried doing complex stuff, and all the people felt clumsy, right? So just trying to constantly adapt this sales process to make it improve. But the reality is it all comes down to those metrics we were talking about in the very beginning, right? I wanted to know how many people came down the pipeline and how many people who went through my predictable system ended up signing up. And along the way, I took my success rate from closing about 60% of people to about 90% of people. So that's, that's amazing. That's dramatic, right? So we get, let's say we get 300 people to come in through a free session we're talking about the difference between signing up uh, 180 people and signing up 270 people, an additional 110 people over the course of that time. Right? So I think the sales thing is, is people really try to blow it up above themselves. They need to just really think about how can I convey my philosophy to somebody in a small speech that will allow them to agree with me over and over again and then show them what I do, show them that it works, and then get them to sign up. And getting them to sign up is the testing part. Right? That's where you can try different things. See if people are more uh, responsive to month to month. See if they're more responsive to 12 months, to three months, to six months, to seven months, to nine months. We try like everything. And when we found something that worked really well, we just kept it and we tested it against other stuff to see if those other things would work well. And we just kept moving forward. And that's the thing is just keep polishing it. Just keep polishing it. Just keep polishing it. But you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time. You have a predictable system, a predictable script that you come into. And what that does is it builds a business that is scalable because guess what? You can teach someone else to use the script. You don't have to use the script yourself all the time. And eventually, you can walk away from your business as the owner, not the manager, the salesperson, and the trainer all at the same time. Oh, excellent. Do we have you yeah. on the line? Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Do we have Tyler, so that, that was really good. Uh, what you just shared was pretty much gold. I hope that everybody listening took notes and uh you need to take that to heart cuz that's the that's the real that's the edge between success and failure. And I believe in this slight edge concept. I don't know if any of you have read this book called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson, but it's it's the idea that small seemingly insignificant uh positive choices lead ultimately to success versus small errors of judgment that ultimately right. lead to failure. Is that there's really a small difference between success and failure. It's kind of like in a, a horse race where the first place horse gets the entire purse and it's a ton of money, and second place gets like nothing by comparison, and they might have only lost by like a tenth of a second, you know, or right. you know, so like in the Olympics. And and it's kind of it, in a way what you're talking about relates to that because it's you you observed what you were doing. And you chose the, the, okay, well, this particular exercise is slightly better than that one, so I'm going to make that distinction. And once I make that distinction, that becomes, in my, that becomes a part of my system permanently. And if right. I find something else better, I add it. And that, that's kind of an interesting way of putting together a sales process. I don't think I've even really thought of it that way when it comes to sales, and I bet a lot of other you know, fitness professionals haven't either. That's very very good and simple because anybody can apply that. Anybody can just look, okay, what worked and what didn't. Uh, it worked a little better for me to say this. Okay, well, you probably next time you should try saying that again. 
right? Exactly. Something like that. It's just observe and improve, observe and improve, observe and improve. And I mean, that's what polishes your sales system. And the reality is like, you know, I think people, their problem is they get so distracted by different things. So they bring somebody in, they teach them this workout that they're excited about that week. And then they try to sign them up with, you know, some outdated protocol or whatever. And then the next time somebody comes in, they do things differently. And the, the lack of predictability kills your business. It just absolutely murders your business. And it doesn't allow you to say, I have a business, because ultimately what you're doing is just whatever you feel like saying right now is the business. But if you have intentions of building uh, a quality personal training business, a quality boot camp business, anything like that, things have to be predictable or as predictable as you can possibly make them. And by doing that, by creating a sales script and moving forward with that and testing and observing and adjusting and improving every single time, that's when you really, really start to see an eruption in your business. And then you can focus on other stuff, right? Because I said there's two different components. There's traffic and conversion. Well, if you don't have an offer that converts, if you can't get at least six out of ten people who come into you to, to try your boot camp to actually sign up, then guess what? You don't need to worry about the marketing, getting people in the door. You need to worry about how to position your offer better. <laughs> Once you get a minimum of six out of ten people, then it's time to start figuring out, hey, should I send mailers to the local community? Should I put some you know, free business card app offers up there? Should I advertise on Facebook? Should I run a boot camp for free on Saturdays? Like, you gotta, then you can start thinking about traffic because you have a predictable sales system. But I've watched way too many people with shitty sales systems. They don't know how to keep the, their clients happy. They don't have any sort of automation process. And they're just, why am I losing my ass on this? Well, you're losing your ass on this because you don't have the simple things in place that allow your business to run smoothly. Right. Wow. Cool. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Hey, yeah. um, talk about talk about Garage Warrior a little bit now, and um, especially because I know that it looks like your products are for anybody, you know, that wants to get in shape. And I love the name, by the way. That is so cool. That's how I started working out, by the way, in high school uh, for two hours a day. I remember we, we listened. My, my buddy, we opened up his garage. We packed it. We brought all the, you know, junky equipment we could find from wherever, you know, used. And he backed his <laughs> truck up. And turned on the stereo, and we listened to Jimi Hendrix and Pumped Iron. That is how I got started working out. That was before ever going to a gym or even thinking about being a personal trainer. So I love the name, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and um, well, if I was going to be, yeah. if I was going to be totally honest, I think I would have to have called it backyard gym if I went to my humble beginnings, because my dad wouldn't let me take a part of the garage at first. He said, "No, put your little bench in the backyard," and me and my friends would go there and do the same thing. We watch it. We'd watch uh, like some show or something that get us all pumped up, and we go out back there and we just do bench press and curls for like an hour straight. Right, right. That's great. So you know, um, Garage Warrior was. uh, I had I had been working with like uh, personal training stuff and really been uh, educating myself a lot in in the different fields of how to how to train people for a while. And my brother and I were talking, and I was like, I really want to start an online thing. And he said to me. Um, you know, I, I kept I kept coming up with all these ideas, right? All these goofy ideas and all this different stuff and all this fancy stuff. And he goes, "Why don't you just be who you are?" And I'm like, "What?" And he's like, "Garage trainer." And I'm like, "Garage trainer." And I'm like, "Yeah, I train people from my garage, but that sounds dumb." He's like, "Well, what about a garage warrior?" I was like, "I'm buying that domain right now." So I bought that domain up. And the sad truth is, though, like I didn't start a blog until five years after I bought that domain. So I had that domain just sitting around for literally five years. And I had, honestly, I had dreams of doing the online thing for quite a while now, since about 2005. And it wasn't until only a couple of years ago that I finally took action and went for it because I was so focused on other things. So don't don't be like sad if you're listening to this call and you're like, well, but I'm a procrastinator. Well, guess what? I'm a procrastinator too. And uh, 
even if you're a procrastinator, you can still find a way to take action on something to make it really huge eventually. So I started GarageWarrior.com, and at first, you know, I was just like just posting great content and uh, built like a real small email list just from people seeing the content through the posts I did and different mm-hmm. guest posts and stuff like that. And then I was like, okay, it's time to time to create a product and launch it. And I actually went and got some coaching from some uh, competitors of yours, uh, uh, Bedros Kulian and Craig Ballantyne, good friends of mine. Awesome. And, um, yeah, cool guys. Yeah, they're great guys, and they and they they helped me really get kind of started with the uh, with the online industry, and you know that that plays into the philosophy I have, which is like if you want to get something done, find a coach, right? I know you guys do that, so I'm not trying to like plug whatever your service is to, to everybody's listening, but you're batshit crazy if you think that it's going to be faster to do it by yourself. It is always <laughs> going to be faster to do it with a coach, plain and simple, right. right? You get a coach, they look at your shit, and they say, okay, this is dumb. This is smart. Do this. Don't do that. Come back to me when you're done doing this. And then it's your responsibility to either take action and be an action taker and follow through and make money and do good things or just be lazy and kick a tire around and then come back and say, oh, because I'm sure you guys have those coaching clients as well that make excuses (laughs) and stuff. So, anyways, point is, I started Garage Warrior. We launched our first product. I got some affiliates to promote it. I saw the – that was like the real aha moment was like when we made our first sale and our first launches. I don't think I made that much money. I made like, right. I don't know, 1500 bucks or something. But I was, right. like, I was like, holy crap. I just went to bed and woke up and made $300 while I was sleeping. You know yeah. what I mean? I was like, oh, my God, this is so much potential. So after that is when I really went all in on, on trying to figure out how the online business works and then also trying to pick a business model. I think that a lot of people ignore – the thought of picking out a business model, and I, I really kind of flubbered that for a while, where I was, uh, I was trying to do, you know, YouTube and Facebook and Pinterest, right. and Instagram and Twitter and <laughs> blogging and podcasting and freaking sales letters and cold traffic and warm traffic, and it's like, I found that over the last year, over 2014, what I did was I did less and less, and I did it better and better. And the less I did and the better I did it, the more money I made and the more impact I had on this world. And I started to realize very quickly that, yes, all this fancy you know, stuff is great, but pick one thing and dominate it. You know what I mean? Pick something and dominate it. And for me, that was recruiting affiliates, creating awesome sales copy, getting them to convert, creating great products, and then just... Uh, having an email list. That was my thing. That was what I knew I was really good at. And what I'm bad at is social media and staying consistent with YouTube and things like that, which is something that I will eventually be hiring other people to help me do so that they can stay on top of that and I don't have to worry about staying on top of that. So, anyways. uh, Yeah. Well, that's a good point about, you know, pick a thing and and staying consistent with it. And and for a lot of reasons, that's a good point. And one being with the one being with the trainer who wants, you know, a successful boot camp business and then wants an e-book. Well, <laughs> I think my point is going towards to try and be successful at one first. Right. And, you know, because yeah. we have a lot of people that are caught in the middle of online and offline. Right. And I think it's a little Six hard months. to juggle both. Oh, yeah. It was a, it was a, <laughs> yeah. a near psychosis like yeah. end up in the hospital type of thing right. for me so, from stress. Right. Like, and I'm young, and I ended. I literally ended up in the hospital thinking I was having a heart attack, and it was ended up being like a severe panic attack and whatnot. But point is, like, yeah, pick one thing, pick one yeah. thing, and do it really well. And I, I, my my gauge for moving forward is if 
It takes you longer than 20 hours to run the business, and you make less than at least 100000 I would say more like 200 then it's not time to start your next business, right? Because you don't have systems in place, you don't have things automated, and you don't have revenue that will cover your ass when your other business fails, if it does. Right, and, and again, it depends on your niche, but, you know, yeah, basically the point is very valid because, you know, you have struggling offline businesses and, you know, you're thinking that, you know, an, an online business will help. Well, that's like <laughs> a crap, that's a crapshoot, really, because, you yeah. know, actually that did happen for me, but it was a little bit simultaneous, to be honest with you, it wasn't. And it was a little bit accidental because <laughs> I happened to, you know, start a boot camp kit the same time I was starting a studio and a boot camp and almost the same time. It was relatively in the same year. But, you know, the, the point is that was also in 2005. <laughs> you know, timing was everything. And, right. you know, as that grew, luck. Came, yeah, I don't know if it was luck because it was a little bit of an entrepreneurship mindset, but the whole thing is not something, you know, I would predictably, I could predictably say, go ahead and do this because right. it was predictable for me. I didn't realize. Yeah. But, you know, we're going back to 2005 now, right, when there were no boot camps really by the millions. Right. Right, and so there you know, it it just depends. Now, a lot of things are a lot more saturated. But my whole point was that if you're sh- struggling with an offline business and that's your main bread and butter, stay there and get the you know learn that and and grow that. Then right. eventually, if you want to start to dabble and go into the offline, you know, the online world. But it's like doing a split when when you're <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, totally. You know, one leg in offline, one leg in online business. You know what they say about that, right? You have one leg over in yesterday, one leg in, in today. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know what the saying is. One leg in yes- tomorrow and one leg in yesterday you're pissing on today. That's the saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a really good point, and that's, that's business is business. And successful business is successful business, and unsuccessful business is unsuccessful business. And the reality is, if you have an unsuccessful boot camp business, the reason why is because you don't understand how to run a business. And if you think moving to an online world means that you're all of a sudden going to be a savvy businessman, it's not going to happen, right? Because at this point, I can can rather egotistically say I feel like I can start any business and succeed at it because I understand the fundamentals of business, not because I understand the fundamentals of the product or service, right? So, you know, yes, I can start a boot camp, but I could probably also start a massage service. I could probably also start a supplement company, all these other different things, right? So it's just, it all comes down to the simple stuff I've already shared with you, which is those predictable sales systems and then finding out where your people are, where the traffic that generates the, or where are the people that generate the traffic to your business that allow you to sell them on your boot camp, your product, or your service, right? And once you get those things in place, and, like, stop thinking about everything else, like, 
good God, you do not need to have like this amazing Facebook page and all this stuff. Yeah, if it's your one thing that you use to drive traffic and you're using Facebook successfully, by all means do it. But don't spend three hours a day on Facebook when it's not doing a damn thing for you. And at the same time, you have this email list that's crushing it that you're not spending more than an hour on each day. I see people make that value mistake all the time. They value something psychologically when if you look at the numbers, it shouldn't be valued. You know, right. so just picking that thing, picking your things and narrowing it down to like what's the what's the simplest thing you can do right now to build success in your business. And for personal trainers and boot camp owners, I think you already said this, which was it's it's learning how to sell. It's learning how to sell face to face and that will that one thing, if you focus on that for two thousand fifteen, will make a huge difference in your life because you'll have more clients, more customers, they'll be more satisfied in the long run, and then you'll have the the ability to go from that space into an online space if you want to with your sales chops, which will apply to a sales letter or a video sales letter. And that'll give you so much leverage than coming at it with a Me Too product and service like everybody's trying to do. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. Tyler, that was awesome advice for everybody out there listening. I think you've provided a lot of value just in a couple of minutes of talking, man. This has been fantastic. Um, your mm-hmm. product, uh, although it's although it might be for everybody, uh, I can also see personal trainers buying it. Um, you know, some of your information products just to help with, uh, uh, you know, programming for their camps. I mean, do you have any other recommendations for personal trainers or anything else that you do that that can help them? Yeah, I mean, sure. Like we have we have lots of personal trainers using um, our CT50 system, our Zero to Six Pack Ab system, and the Twenty Seven Body Transformation Habits within their boot camps. And the reason for this is because you know I talked about unique sales proposal. What is the unique sales thing? Well, with CT50, what we did was create a gamified workout system that was laid out in five different progression levels, right? And so what we can do is effectively what we can do, and this is what I actually did with my boot camps, is run a boot camp where you could put a workout up on the board. And let's say this workout is, you know, uh, let's just say it's 10 burpees, 10 squats, and 10 push-ups. Let's just make it really simple, right? Well, the person who's a total beginner is going to be doing 10 face-the-wall squats. He's going to be doing 10 uh, 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 shin taps or or, uh, touch jumps where you just basically hinge at the hip, touch the ground, and jump up, which is the most beginner variation of a burpee, right? Right. And they're going to be doing 10 kneeling push-ups and, you know, forever, however many rounds. Then the most advanced person is going to be doing, you know, 10 clap push-ups, 10 full chest-to-ground burpees, and 10 alternating one-legged jump squats. Essentially, they're doing the same workout, but they're doing different movement patterns. And so with CT50, what we did was create a very logical model onto what movement patterns fall into which levels of movement sophistication. And we went from level one to two to three to four to five. And then we created challenge workouts. And this is the gamification of the system, which I really love, which is you do the challenge workout. If you get 400 total reps, then you go to level two. If you don't, you stay at level one. So every 10 days, it allows people to test against these challenge workouts to see if they're ready to increase their movement complexity and go to the next level. And the beautiful part why I like um, progressive movement so much, and you can think about progressive movement as kind of like the way gymnasts like to train. They always make the movements harder and more complex, is it causes what's called forced adaptation, right? And forced adaptation is if I can do 10 kneeling push-ups, well, maybe my chest and triceps and abs will be like kind of not so great, right? But if I could do 10 full clapping push-ups, well, you got to have pretty decent triceps and chest and ab muscles to be able to do that, right? And so if we lay out a process that the focus is performance, how do I increase my performance from level one to level five exercises? Well, then 
you take away the focus of I have to lose weight, I have to this and that, and along the way, all you're doing is focusing on performance, and you see a significant body transformation without having to get them to like think about weight loss and fat loss and all this other stuff, which I love because you get people focusing on how their body's moving, how their body feels, rather than stepping on a scale every morning and frowning in the mirror, right? So that's what we did with CT50. 27 habits is really simple. It's just the 27 habits I feel like people should have uh, that that will elicit body transformation. And it's not like a diet or anything. It's like drink more water, eat more veggies, get a better night's sleep. And we include checklists and stuff like that that people have used with their clients as well. So they can just pretty much hand their clients these checklists and say, hey, I want you to you know, check things off each day for 31 days and then hand it back to me at the end of 31 days. And then Zero to Six Pack Abs is, is one of our most successful products uh, to date. We partner with a guy named Dr. James Vager, who's just an absolutely brilliant uh, physical therapist. And he yeah. works uh, with like Pavel Kolar and the DNS team out in the Prague School of Rehabilitation, where they teach infant motor pattern progressions for core rehabilitation. And um, that system has just I love CT50, I love 27 body transformation habits, but zero to six pack abs has literally changed people's lives because what it does is it takes people through a series of really basic stuff, like unimaginably, unimaginably basic stuff, and then runs them through a progression of like core exercises, kind of the same way we just talked about with CT50. But since the beginning was the exercise that James teaches, which he calls core activation sequences, we're effectively teaching people how to brace and then brace their core while they're moving their, their limbs uh, one at a time and then contralateral and unilaterally at the same time, which then when they stand up and learn how to use their core muscles the way they were meant to be used, which is, used, which is the you know, bracing as you go through movement patterns, all of a sudden back pain disappears, posture improves, digestion improves. Like we've seen, we've had the craziest testimonials, not to mention the fact that you're going to build strength, you're going to uh, slim your waistline, tone your core, everything like that as well. So really excited about that system and people can check out James's sequences and use those same sequences with their clients and so on and so forth. So, I mean, if anything, they're all pretty cheap and you can check them out and use them with your clients. If it doesn't apply to you, then no worries. You know, I'm just here to give some great information. I think I did promote actually both of those two programs to the trainers, the the um, the abs. That one was interesting to me because uh, being a physical therapy assistant first, trainer second, um, that one was really interesting to me. Of course, I had every chiropractor in the nation <laughs> emailing me, but. Um, <laughs> the, it was a very good seller. So is you know, CT50 didn't do bad either because I, I think the, the hard part for me is trying to promote some of these programs to trainers is getting them yeah, to understand. Yeah, it's a consumer versus trainer thing. It's a different yeah, different. It's niche. getting them to understand how to use them and integrate them. Um, those who get it actually got it. <laughs> and right. Well, some of them d- don't get it. But, you know, again, um, we've, been, we've talked about that program on a previous podcast, actually. I brought it up. Um, but I don't get some of those links underneath the uh, underneath the podcast <laughs> someday. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully this week, right? <clears throat> but um, yeah. And uh, Jesse, we did talk about the CT50 program. I think a couple podcasts ago, we were talking yeah, about yeah. We met, came up when we talked about progression, exercise progressions. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely, I think it's so powerful. Yeah. I think honestly, if you were to look at what differentiates trainers that are successful with trainers that are unsuccessful from purely a training standpoint. I think the people who are really successful with their body transformations, with doing it safely, with reducing injuries, increasing performance and functional performance in their clients is the understanding of movement, right? Is the understanding that what ultimately our goal is for our clients is to 
take them from where they're at right now, which is usually, I mean, you guys have seen people move, right? It's shitty. It's absolutely terrible. It's atrocious. And it shouldn't even be called movement, right? And take them from that and run them through a series of progressions that allow them to move better in their bodies. And, you know, it sucks. I mean, I think a lot of people, they'll just put a bar on somebody's back and say, we're going to add weight to your squat, not understanding that their squat is fundamentally incorrect, which means, yeah, that's great that he's going to maybe build some uh, strong back muscles and leg muscles, maybe burn some fat and add some muscle at the same time. But at the end of the day, maybe his knee's going to hurt more. Maybe his back's going to hurt more because of it. So I try to teach fundamentals that, that make people move better, that allow them to improve their bodies without sacrificing their bodies in the process. And I think that's so important, and that's the big missing thing from an educational perspective I see with, within the trainer community is just not genuinely understanding biomechanics and movement and instead just going with their classic beat-down workout programs, not thinking about, you know, what is the long-term results I want to get my client. I mean, when I had personal training clients and I was doing that for a couple years, like, they stayed with me. Like, I didn't sign up a personal training client and, you know, do it for, like, 30 days, and then they disappeared. I, when I, before I sign them up, I say, listen, I'm really good at what I do, and your body will be completely different in six months, and at 18 months, you'll be a different person. And I want to know that you're interested in doing this. And I would get that commitment up front, just verbally, just to plant a seed in their minds. And then I would deliver results, no matter what, deliver results. And when you do that consistently, they stay with you. And, you know, like when you're, when you're good at what you do, you can charge a lot more. I was charging uh, $1,200 a month per client. And so at that point, you know, I'd see four clients for 45 minutes, three days a week, which isn't much work. And you can make an extra $4,000 a month doing that, right? Okay. And then we get to see awesome and stellar transformations because they're working right with exactly what I want to do with the systems. And the funny part is, to be totally honest, I mean, all the stuff I do with my clients is pretty much like CT50, zero six pack abs, 27 habits, mixed in with like a few extra strength exercises. <laughs> I mean, it's really not much outside of the stuff I teach consumers as well. So. Right, right. It's, it's, it's funny because we were talking similar, I think, about a lot of trainers don't know how to progress their clients, and especially in a group setting because – right. It gets it gets hairy, and then and then they're just asking for workouts on you know Facebook or whatever, and you know they right. just have somebody's workout and throwing it in that day, which you could do once in a while. I'm not you know condemning anybody, but you know when it comes down to it, you need to have some kind of uh, you know programming involved. Sure. I, I sell workouts myself. It's not like, but I sell it with the premise that you're going to incorporate it into a program. You're not going to just, you know, random every day. Right. <laughs> I sell it with the premise, and I think that's, you know, maybe needed to be clarified a little bit. But, yeah, that's uh, that's good stuff. We're going to have a lot to do in 2015, Jeff. Yeah. Tyler, this has been awesome. We're about out of time. Um, and so, gosh, I think we could do a follow-up with him, don't you, Georgette? There's so much we could talk about. I'd love to. Mm-hmm. You guys know me. I could talk yeah. all day about anything you guys want to talk about. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, how does uh, – let's wrap this up. Um, how does somebody get a hold of you if, if we have uh, listeners out there that – what's the best way to get a hold of you or, or, get, a, your, or get your stuff or check your, your websites out or what, what's the best place to go? Totally. I mean, go to garagewarrior.com. Uh, and then there's a little box on the side. The, the blog, to be totally honest, the blog is not like our main revenue or anything source. It's just a, it's just a content kind of thing that we use for our, our clients and prospects. So, you know, don't look at the blog and be like, this is how he built his business. We built our business a completely different way, which was, you know, creating the sales pages and getting high-level high, uh, high affiliates to mail 
ridiculous amounts of traffic to it. Um, but anyways, go to garagewarrior.com. You'll see a little opt-in box on the side. You know, join the email list. Kind of check out what I do as a business perspective and kind of get an idea of how, how I run things. And then if you feel like reaching out to me, just hit respond to any of the emails. And myself or my assistant will check it out. And, and she always sends things like that my way. And I can check it out and see if, um, if I can help you in any way. So I'm here to help anybody that's uh, trying to improve their business. All I ask is that don't approach me unless you're serious because there's nothing worse than um, doing an awesome thing and showing somebody how to do something awesome and then just having them do nothing. I tell people it's like Picasso painting the most beautiful painting in the world and then hanging it in your closet, right? I don't like that, so don't contact me unless you're really serious. <laughs> awesome. And any last, uh, any last words of advice or any, any last words of advice for a trainer or a boot camp instructor that uh, you know, want to throw out there? Man, you know, I'll give you the same advice that uh, my good friend Craig Ballantyne told me one time. And this was at a seminar. It was a real high-level seminar I was at. Uh, just a few guys. Everybody was making multiple six and seven figures in their, in their businesses. And somebody asked Craig, they said, uh, you know, what do I do? And they were going back and forth, and they were saying all these different things. Like a lot of people have a lot of stuff jumbling in their minds. And they're like, Craig, so what's, what's the best strategy to grow my business? And he looked down at the ground, and he looked back up, and he said, Get more customers, sell every day. And he looked back down. That was it. <laughs> and you know what's funny? There's so much truth to that. You know, when, it, when we look at our business, what's holding us back? Getting more customers and selling every day. And the more we sell, the better we get at it. And the more customers we get, the more successful our business becomes. So if all you do in 2015 is walk with that mantra, get more customers, sell every day, I think you'll do a good job. That's awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you, Tyler, for being on. Um, uh, we're going to have to sign off now and excited for the follow-up and uh, appreciate you guys and um, take care. Yeah, okay. awesome. Thanks for having me on the call. I really appreciate it, guys. We'll send you uh, right the uh, replay. Awesome. Sounds good. Yep. Hey, thank you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.